This is episode 623 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Normalcy Bias. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. So if you'd like some more information, click the link in the show notes or go directly to www.prepperwebsite.net. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here listening in on this one. Hey, you know, with all the crazy things that are going on right now in the world, and especially the coronavirus, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen to that one, you know, prepping for a quarantine. I think that was one that you should have a little bit of familiarity with if you're if you're not paying attention to, or you haven't really been paying attention to the coronavirus up until maybe the time that you listen to this podcast. You know, that it's something that's going on and there's a lot of different things that are being said out there. One thing that we do know for sure is that people are still continuing to get infected. It is going to other countries. Other countries are seeing it. Remember last week I said, look at what people are not saying and look at what their actions look at what's happening right look at the actions you don't shut down all of china because of something that can easily be controlled there's something going on more than that and i know that goes into the realm of conspiracy theories but you're talking about a communist government here who is not really going to be truthful they're not truthful with economic numbers everyone knows that everyone understands that they have a a shadow banking system right but then we expect them to be truthful with numbers like this, you know, coming out of a virus that really no one knows anything about. And we have a CDC. I mean, the, the WHO, the World Health Organization, is there on the ground. But our CDC wants to get in there, and they're, they're not allowed to get in there yet. And you wonder why. I mean, if this thing is so blown out of proportion and things are going on, why not get all the eyes that you can on there to be able to help and to help mitigate the situation that, that's going on? So we see all these things going on and happening all over the world. We see numbers, new numbers of infected, new, new numbers of deaths. And then you start hearing all these other little things that start coming out uh, from from you know all over the place really you know you all the alternative news and people are hearing these things and or this thing and this thing and you really you want to try to put some form to it but there's just so much information out there and then a lot of it is going to be sensational and you got to be careful about all that if you're a member of the the Saturday prep or the email list I send out the Saturday prep every Saturday and I did share a video that I thought was very interesting so even if you're not you know, there's still people talking about that it's just like the flu. I mean, I'm still hearing people say that uh, after all of this time. And so if you, you hear people saying that and you're just concerned about the flu, well, at least listen to the fact that there might be some economic impact from it. So there was a video that I shared out on the, the Saturday prep, 
and uh, it was called Coronavirus Impact on Global Supply Chains, and it had uh, featured a guy named Panos Kovaelis, and I'll probably butcher that name. Uh, he's the director of the Boeing Center for Supply Chain Innovation and Emerson Distinguished Professor of Operations and Manufacturing Management at the Online Business School at Washington University in St. Louis. Now, that's a long title there. But he talked a little bit about the global, actually a lot, it was about 35 minute, a 35 minute video. He talked a lot about the global supply chain. One of the things that he talked about was because they were going into their Chinese New Year, everyone had an understanding. Everyone knows, okay, the Chinese New Year, things kind of shut down for a week, two weeks. And so there's a little bit of buffer that people build into their supplies. But then after that, things are slowing down. A lot of people don't realize that a lot of the medicines or a lot of the substances that are used to make the medicines that we use on a regular basis come from China. So you're going to have a real supply chain effect on you know medicine, just medicines that are coming out, much less all the other things that come from China that we have learned to expect. You know, one of the things that uh, is is going to be happening is electronics. Your electronics, you're not going to have uh, that supply chain until things start ramping up. You're, you're, there's going to be a, a a ding in the supply chain of parts and things that you need to make the electronics that we're all so used to. And there's a lot of other things. We're talking about the the you know, the economics, uh, the economics of the whole globe. Really, is what's happening. Singapore. Just before I started recording the podcast, uh, I, I read on Twitter that they are downgrading their economic forecast. And I think a lot of people are going to start doing that because they're going to see that things are really disruptive. And so when we start talking about this coronavirus, it's not just the, the medical aspect of it. There's a lot of other things that go into play. And so uh, again, I'm going to say, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go back and listen to that. I did write an article that I am going to release on Monday. And so if you're listening to this after Monday, that it's released on Sunday night, um, it is falls right in line with that episode. But if you rather read it, uh, I did write it down, you know, a pretty long article on quarantine and maybe went into some more detail on other things, but I'm going to release that and I'll, uh, I'm going to actually, you know what, what I'm going to do is I'll release it just a little bit early so that I can link it to this episode. If you want to go back and read that or maybe listen to it. So whatever you want to do, but I think you need to get, you know, some understanding of, you know, if you were to lock down and you were have to, had to stay at home, what kinds of things do you need to be thinking about? I'll go back and say one of the things that, that I said last week is, the people in Wuhan didn't get a lot of time to be able to say, hey, we're going to okay, we're going to be locked down. We need to go get supplies. If something like that happens, it's going to happen pretty quickly and you're going to be you're going to be stuck or people are going to, to panic. And uh, again, talking from someone who lives on the Gulf Coast, whenever there's a hurricane, you know, the hurricane can be lingering in the Gulf for a week and nobody does. You know, life goes on. And then the minute that the models say, okay, it's going to hit the Houston area or it's coming right into Galveston, right up to Houston. Everybody freaks out. They go to the stores and the stores empty out and there's nothing there. So can you imagine what people will do if this coronavirus takes foot in the United States, which the director of the CDC already said it was going to happen. And he said that we it's going to happen and we're going to start to experience it like the regular flu 
The problem is there's a lot more to it than just that. And so the people that are critical, go look. If you look at any of the coronavirus maps, you see the people that are uh, critical, the people that have recovered. There are still a lot of people that are infected and they are critical and they have not had a full uh, recovery. And then there's things out there again there's people, all the conspiracy things and, and stuff people are talking about that if you get infected again a second time, well, then people are dying from heart attacks because of the medicines that were used to cure you the first time, or, you know, affect your body so much that you don't have time to recover from that. So there's a lot of things going out there. Even one of the guys that I listened to on a on prophecy, on a you know, because of Bible prophecy, and I linked to him on the Weekly Watchman, which I have a page up on Prepper website about that I tr- I try to update every week. This last week I wasn't very good about that, but he's this very calm guy, right? I mean, he doesn't get rattled at all. But in, he doesn't usually go, I mean, most Bible prophecy people don't go into, at least the ones that you respect. There's a lot of wackadoos out there. But this guy is pretty even keel. But he's even talking about, he goes, look, this is not conspiracy theory. And he was talking about the timeline. And he said, you know, he's, he's walking people through the timeline. In January, this date right here, you had two people that were, you know, that died from the coronavirus. And on this date right here, you had five people. And then on this date then China starts to lock down and they start to you know, lock down the city and, and things like that. And his thing was, you don't lock down a city. You don't start locking down millions of people because of you know five people that have died, right? You, you just don't do that. And so there was something more to that. And he was, he was going into that about the, uh, the whole communist and uh, you know, communist government and suppressing information. And if you go to Twitter... If you are a Twitter user, go to Twitter and just search some hashtags, coronavirus, you know, the, the, the specific names for it, and uh, you, will, you will get a lot of information that's out there. Again, you have to take it all with a grain of salt, and you need to weed through it a little bit, but at least it begins to you know, come up and you get a little bit of visibility on it. I really do think that this is something that we need to stay prepped and aware. Like I said last week, I think a lot of the times people in the preparedness community, because we have said, hey, guys, you need to be careful about this, or you need to be aware of this, or this is something that you need to to really be paying attention to, and then it fizzles out and it's nothing really big. Sometimes people do that because they want to have uh, you know more traffic to their website and, and different things like that. I mean, all that kind of stuff happens, but I think that sometimes people get so used to people crying wolf that they don't really pay attention to it. I think this is one that you really should be paying attention to. And uh, so with all of that said, there's still people out there that aren't paying attention to it. Uh, There's still people out there that it's like, oh yeah, you know, I see it on the news or I see a post about it here or there. And and, uh, I'm not really too worried about it. It's the flu. And so I really wanted to talk about something that would address that a little bit. And that is going to be normalcy bias. So I went back into the archives of Prepper website and found a really great article on normalcy bias over at Survival Blog. And this was posted in 2015. And like I said, I think this is a topic that will, it's it's important for us because if you're listening to the podcast and maybe you're still on on the fence about the whole coronavirus thing and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm paying attention, but you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, maybe it's because of our normalcy bias. The thing is, and we'll get into normalcy bias here as we get into the article, 
but we've never experienced anything like this. In the preparedness community, we've you know people have written articles, and I know that I've uh, read them. I've linked to them on Prepper website. I mean, I do have I do have a word tag on pandemic and pandemics with articles that are there. But a lot of the times, those are people maybe looking forward to uh, not looking forward like they want it. But you know, if a pandemic ever happened, or looking back at the history of pandemics and and how they how they went through the the population and different things like that. But we are in uncharted territory as far as what we have ever experienced. And so a lot of people are like, eh, that's just not, we've got modern medicine, we've got, you know, we've got doctors, we've got science, we've got all of that stuff. And, you know, the government knows what they're doing. And so you still have people with that mindset that they're going to just kind of wait this thing out and it'll fizzle out. It's not going to be a big deal. Just like 2012, just like the blood moons, just like the, you know, the economy crashing, you know, on, in, in a certain date and all this different kind of stuff. They're looking at that in, in those terms. So let's go ahead and dive into this article. Again, it's entitled Normalcy Bias, and it comes to us from survivalblog.com. It's one of the uh, the older ones. It's not one that was recently posted on Prepper website again, December of 2015. So let's go ahead and jump in. Most people I know enjoy a little adventure. While it may not be skydiving, even the more reserved, quiet spirits appreciate a change of pace. Some get their kicks from visiting the mouse at his magic kingdom, while others get it from a morning in the tree stand or an afternoon under the hood. Regardless of what they do, folks like to break up their monotony of the daily grind. Doing the same old, same old gets old, but the day-to-day life we live is what we've come to expect. Yesterday was the same as the day before, so we expect today to be the same as yesterday and tomorrow to be the same as today. For the most part, that is exactly what will happen. In fact, what does happen when our routine is disrupted? We can get thrown off fairly easy. Fortunately, we normally face very few truly serious situations in our lives, and most disruptions are minor inconveniences. Car accidents happen, but relatively few are fatal. Fires happen, but are comparatively rare. When these tragedies do strike, we often come through them with a few bumps and occasionally smelling like smoke, but with little true damage. Those things only happen to others, sometimes people we know, but almost never to us. This leads to what we refer to as normalcy bias, which is the inability to recognize the possibility or the potential severity of a disaster. Here's one small scale example of normalcy bias. The power is out, but you still flip light switches as you enter a room, even while you carry a flashlight or a candle. You know the power isn't working, but habit and normalcy bias prevents you from fully grasping the situation and consequences you face and making necessary adjustments. This is the same reason you open the refrigerator door numerous times and let out cold air even when you know the power outage means it's not running and won't stay cold during the blackout. We're conditioned to them working and we assume they'll be back soon. While light switches and refrigerator doors are relatively minor issues, The problem with normalcy bias is that it can be absolutely deadly. Normalcy bias will kill because it camouflages danger, allowing those threats to sneak up and bite when least expected. We're caught flat-footed, failing to act on the signs of danger since the expectation is that things will work out. After all, they always have, haven't they? Rather than getting out in front of the approaching calamity and ahead of the curve, the boom falls and knocks us on our can. We can still adapt and overcome, but 
At that point, we're already behind the eight ball. Consider how these situations and normalcy bias complicates your decision making. Your neighbor feels under the weather, which is perfectly understandable considering it's been a cold, wet fall. However, is it a common cold or another case of the latest highly contagious illness sweeping the country? The Dow opens up low and quickly falls lower. Is the drop in stock prices a minor correction or is the bottom falling out of the economy? We can't jump at demons hidden in every shadow, but we also can't sit back on our heels. But normalcy bias interferes with many people's thought processes and convinces them that things are fine or will be again soon enough. Many times it's not us that struggle with normalcy bias. We see the possibility and signs, which is why we prepare. Often it's our spouse or children who wrestle with believing that things could drastically change for the long term or at least long enough to completely change our way of life. This further complicates our critical thinking. When the people we care about most are telling us that everything is fine and there's nothing to worry about, we not only have to combat our own normalcy bias, we have to contend with our loved one's desire to believe that all is well with the world. Deciding when to bug out is even more difficult when the very people we're planning to care for don't want to go along with our plans. By their reasoning, everything has turned out all right thus far. Why assume the worst this time? And how many of us can blame them? We've seen a myriad of scenarios come to nothing, despite the undoubtable certainty that they could have easily gone the other way. So there it is, the seed of normalcy bias waiting to lull us to sleep at the worst possible opportunity when we need to be most awake. So how do you overcome normalcy bias? In the EMS world, we call it maintaining a high index of suspicion. Just because things look relatively calm now, we keep our heads up and eyes open when dealing with our patients because we know that stable situations fall apart quickly and the sooner we recognize that slide, the faster we can react, treat the patient, and get back ahead of the curve. It's no different in the world of preps. You have to have your head on a swivel of what's coming down the pike. That high index of suspicion comes from being well-informed and studied on the potential for problems as well as the signs and symptoms of those problems. All right, guys, I'm going to read that sentence again because that's something that I always say and I believe that it is so important for those of us in the preparedness community who are keeping ourselves, our eyes open. We're staying prepped and aware. So let me read that again. That high index of suspicion comes from being well-informed and studied on the potential for problems as well as the signs and symptoms of those problems. Situational awareness was drilled into all of us in the Marine Corps aircrew training, knowing what was going on around us and having a practice plan for when things went wrong was critical to our mission accomplishment. I have yet to meet a prepper who doesn't follow the news. We look to our sources for intel and scuttlebutt to connect the dots and show us what's going on behind the scenes. Our desire for information also accounts for the importance we give to comms and the regard we hold for radio operators. Ham operators are more than just hobbyists. They're the backbone of our communication network and the source for gathering and dispersing ground-level intel. There's a significant difference between situational awareness and paranoia we need to keep in mind. Situational awareness is keeping your ears open. Paranoia is believing everything you hear. Now, working at a retail store selling emergency preparedness supplies, I have opportunity to talk shop with many different folks with many different perspectives as well as theories. 
The truth is that we all come at prepping from different angles and may take a different tact on both what preparedness means or what we're preparing for. However, despite our differing levels and subjects of concern, we all agree that we need to prepare. The bottom line is that regardless of your thirst for intel, you will never truly understand what's going on behind the scenes. That's not to dismiss anyone's effort to peer behind the curtain, but a little perspective here is crucial. As my boss is fond of saying, I'd rather be drinking a cup of coffee from a well-stocked safe position while watching mushroom clouds in the distance with absolutely no idea what's going on than be lying dead in a ditch knowing exactly what was happening. Now there's another place where normalcy bias bites us. Normalcy bias leads us to assume that others are like us, they think like us, and react like us, and see the world through our lens. They don't. No one has seen what you've seen or experienced what you've experienced. No one can even share your unique perspective, no matter how like-minded they may be. It takes time to develop a group norm that supersedes the individual normative. However, these individual differences are essential to the group adding perspective. The ability to see issues from other angles is absolutely indispensable, which is one of the great benefits from working together with people who may be like-minded, but are not simply clones mimicking your own thoughts and opinions. Whether friends or family, the people you surround yourself with all have their perspectives and worldviews. Whether they differ from your own, there's the possibility of conflict. It's easy to lock onto those differences and focus on the places where unity is thin and people and pick people apart. Now, most groups will implode from personality strife at the point those differences become central. The wise group is the one that learns to listen to these different voices and formulate a comprehensive plan that incorporates individual skills and talents and implements strong communication as well as some oversight and accountability. This allows everyone to contribute to the betterment of the group, valuing others' perspectives and the differing opinions that come with them, while also providing a structure that keeps everyone moving in the same direction, not to mention adding a layer of insulation against the bite of normalcy bias. It's impossible to completely prepare for every contingency, but with good planning, we can stay well ahead of the curve. Some days, that's the best we can get, and we have to pray that's enough. Whether you're working alone or with a group, a new prepper or experienced old-timer, keeping strong situational awareness and a high index of suspicion will guard against falling prey to the sting of normalcy bias. All right, guys. Well, that's the article for this episode. I really like what he was talking about here in this article when they're saying that high degree of suspicion. And I think that's important because there's so many sensational things out there. There's so many half-truths. There's so many things that, man, you know, especially when they start triggering some of our fears, you know, the, those conspiracy theory things, those things in the back maybe that you have heard about and, and you always, you know, wonder about. And people start triggering those types of things because of what they're posting or what they're saying. And those things, you know, kind of feed into that. That high degree of suspicion will say, okay, you know what, I'm going to look into this a little bit more. I'm going to read this article. I'm going to examine. You know, that's the thing. Nowadays, people just share things out without really even looking at things and or they'll like things and, and you know, retweet things. 
But part of it is, is like you need to go to that article. You need to see if that article is uh, is a website that you know it can be counted on, and it's not just throwing a bunch of propaganda out there. It's not just a lot of clickbait and those types of things. You know, look at people that are sharing things out and in, in different you know videos and stuff like that. I mean, sometimes videos get shared out and they can be doctored up, or sometimes videos get shared out. And it was something that happened, you know, a long time ago, years ago. And, you know, people are trying to make it seem like it's, you know, current and, and, and it's current events. So I think it's really important to have that high degree of suspicion. And I think that's where the preparedness, maybe the preparedness community has gotten to the point where we're maturing a little bit more. You know, we're the preparedness community, or at least, you know, the word prepper is fairly new. I mean, a lot of people say that it's, you know, common sense. I know that in some of my writings, my new writings, I'm trying to say more like self-reliant minded, you know, that type of, or the preparedness mindset. Uh, I'm trying to say those types of things instead of preppers and because that brings a certain connotation to it. But there's, you know, people have always had common sense and people have always prepared. So it's, it's fairly new. But I think that as we continue on and some of the people that have got into the preparedness community for the wrong reasons, maybe to start up a website and to make money. And then they, they begin to bail when, when it's, when it's gone there and, you know, they're, they're not able to, to make money anymore. I think those of us that are still in it are maturing a little bit more because we're not ready to just sound the alarm and we're trying to be a little bit more careful but we want people to understand that this is a very serious thing and you know it has the possibility of going bad and so being aware of what's happening so that you can make good decisions that's really what it's all about is knowing what is happening knowing what's going on out there so that you can make good decisions for you and for your family and for your loved ones again i i would never want to be that person that father who knew that things were happening and then just sat on my butt and didn't do anything. And then, you know, things come down to the wire and your family's looking at you and saying, Hey, you know, what, what's going on? What, what are our options? What are we going to do here in, in this situation? And then you have no options because you didn't prepare, you know? And sometimes that is, uh, as they talked about here in this article, sometimes it is a lonely topic because, there's many people out there that are lone preppers. They're the lone prepper in their family. And people think that they're nuts or they're crazy, or maybe the, the spouse uh, allows them like, okay, you know, this is your, this is like your hobby, right? You don't go fishing or you don't go this or that. Okay. This prepping is your hobby. Okay. Whatever. And, and so they just kind of allow that and allow you to have your you know corner of the house with your conspiracy stuff, or they look at it that way. And then sometimes, you know, those of you who are women who prep and you are concerned and your husbands are out there and, and like, nah, that will we'll be fine, you know, and, and you struggle because maybe you're not able to, you know, put the money that you want towards this, you know, towards preparedness and, and you see those kinds of things and you do what you can. I mean, I've heard from many women throughout the years that, you know, they, they, they watch what they're spending and they use the extra money to uh, for, you know, from the food budget or whatever for that month, whatever is left over to buy preps and to buy, you know, long-term food storage and those types of things. So it can be very lonely for those of us that are out there that are solo preppers. You're the only person in your family that's prepping and it can be really hard. 
but you're still doing it out of concern for your family. You're still doing it out of concern for your loved ones. Some of you I know are older and you, you might be grandparents and you have your adult children think you're a wackadoo, right? And your grandkids, I mean, you're concerned about them because their parents aren't preparing. And some of you are, you're struggling to put things back and you're struggling to, to, you know, build up your stock because you know that when push comes to shove, your kids are still your kids and your grandkids are still your grandkids and they're going to be looking to you and you want to be able to have answers. You know, back in the day when I first started Prepper website, one of the things was, you know, that I I couldn't wrap my head around by even being a Christian was there was this one article and I wish I would have saved it. It's been so long ago. I don't know. I, I, I know that I won't be able to find it. But this one person was writing and I don't know if it was an article or a comment now that I'm thinking about it. But they said, you know, my mom doesn't prep and she thinks that we're foolish for prepping. And if things happen and she comes to my door, you know, if, if the poop hits the fan, then she's going to be met with a shotgun to the face, you know. And I'm like, I'm like, that's just that's just wrong, man. I mean, I don't I don't know any way you spin it. I understand you know, that you, you're prepping and people think you're a wackadoo and that kind of stuff, but doing that to your own mom, to your own family, I I just, that never sat right with me. And so, you know, people are out there because they know that they're they're prepping for their families because they know that they're not going to be able to turn them away. I think that is, that is probably the more truth than, than anything. When you have someone come to your door, especially a family member, and you say, "Hey, no, I'm sorry, I only have enough for my family," and then your, you know, your your spouse and your kids are like, "No, we can't turn them away. They need to come in." And so, what do you do in in that situation? Right, your family's looking at you. Uh, okay, you've prepared, but now they're mad at you because you've turned away a family member or something along those lines. So, you know, prepping becomes this, this bigger thing and you feel the weight of the, of the world on your shoulders sometimes because you are concerned. The thing is, we don't operate from fear and you shouldn't operate from fear. Um, you know, if those of you that are listening that are believers, you know, we don't operate from a spirit of fear. We operate from a spirit of, you know, power and love and self-control. And one of those things is being able to understand and see what is going on and what is happening and being able to make good decisions because of that. And so normalcy bias is very, very real. A lot of people are still dealing with this right now when we talk about, you know, the things that are going on in the world. They're not they're not wanting to see that things could take a turn for the worse. And it's something that we're going to have to combat. It's something that we're going to face, even with our own family members. So guys, like the article said, the key to combat against normalcy bias and the, the key is situational awareness and staying prepped and aware of what is going on and just knowing don't don't let it you know completely engulf your life. We still have to live, right? I still have to go to work tomorrow. I still have I have big projects that I that I'm uh, you know part of that I need to take care of and at the same time you know, I have this kind of in the back of my mind. So when I eat lunch, I'm able to go and and check some sources that I have that I want to be able to just stay up to date on what is going on. So that is the key is to, is to stay aware. And so those of you that are dealing with people that will say it's just the flu or whatever the situation it might be, maybe not even this coronavirus thing, but maybe something else is, you know, your, your comeback to that is go get informed. You know, I don't know if you truly know 
the hope. Because if you start talking about all the things that are out there and you start sharing all the things that are out there, people are just not going to be able to to wrap their minds around, it, especially if you're throwing out things that are, are, are way out there. But one of the things that I have said to people to get them thinking is, do you think that a country will shut down? Because now all the all the cities that are shut down, we're over a, a hundred million, I believe. And so, do you believe that a country as big as China, with an economy that the way they have, would hurt their economy by shutting down a million people and in locking them down? Do you really believe that they would do that if there wasn't something that was going on? And just leave it at that. And let you know, just leave it there and let them go with that. And then say, hey, go go do some research. Go do some go do some Google searching. Go get on Twitter. Go go you know research some things that are out there and see what people are saying. You know, get on YouTube. There's plenty of things out there, and there's some wackadoo stuff definitely on YouTube. But that's that's the way that I would combat it. That's the way that I have been combating it. You know, I want to be able to shake people up and say, hey, look, hey. Go, you know, you haven't prepared at all for anything. You don't know anything about preparing, but you need to be thinking about this. I know that that's not going to be helpful, but getting people to say, hey, you know what? There are some things that, you know, you should be thinking about. You know, the people in Wuhan, they didn't get an opportunity to go to the store and stock up on food. And right now they're dependent on people coming and dropping food off to them. And they don't know where that food has come from. They don't know where they're getting it. They don't know what is in it. And that's a scary situation. You don't want to be in that situation. You want to be able to, uh, you know, make your own make your own way, and uh, you want to be responsible for your own family. So, you know, be smart about your choices. So that's the way you combat it: situational awareness, stay prepped and aware, and you those people that you you care about, maybe people that you work with, your family members. Drop those little things, you know, uh, in the conversation and just leave it there. Let it marinate. And, you know, ask them, say, hey, just stay, stay aware of what's going on. Pay attention and make your own decision. And I'm, that's what I'm doing. And then just leave it there. Well, guys, that's it for this article. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes so you can easily go to it and refer to it if you'd like. Maybe you'd like to uh, read it for yourself. Again, that's over at survivalblog.com and uh, it will be in the show notes and over at prep, the prepper website podcast.com slash EP for episode 623. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 623. Hey, make sure you never miss another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. Hit subscribe in your favorite podcast catcher. And that way, you'll never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to www.prepperwebsite.com where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF entitled 25 Handpicked Preparedness Articles That You Should Read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.